0: hey welcome to ball court i am your host coach drew this is the world of basketball and it seems like the world of basketball has gotten a little bit longer right here on ball court Yes, it's another episode of Ball Court. And as we sit around and gather and we talk about basketball, we, it leads us to think about one question that has been nagging people for the last 17 years. Is LeBron the best ever? See, now this question comes up right now, especially since he's on the precipice of probably getting his 10th NBA championship. Not to mention he's doing it in year 17, playing at a phenomenal rate. We have to go ahead and question, is LeBron James the best ever? Is arguably right now, some pundits are saying that he is, you know, neck and neck with KD, but others are saying that he's hands down the best to ever played the game. The fact of the matter is the IQ of LeBron James far outweighs the IQ of most basketball players that are playing this game today. And I'm talking professional and otherwise. Sometimes you can go as far as to say that he's actually ahead of most coaches when you think about what he's doing and how he's doing it. See, LeBron James is from a different time and a different era of thinking. His era of thinking is that he's going to actually utilize every single detail in the game to take advantage of the game and put it into his best perspective. Think about this. Here goes a story that uh, DeMar DeRozan actually spoke of this week right here. Not on this show, but he spoke of it this week. You know, he stated that during a game, actually a playoff game against the – it was against the Cavs versus the Raptors. um, He actually – somebody forgot their play, right? Their man actually forgot the play. LeBron James was able to go ahead and explain the play, detail the play, and tell him what was going on. And he was actually playing on the opposite team. So think about that. There's a man in the huddle that can look at your play and tell you what your coach has selected for you, how to run the play, where your man is supposed to be, and how they're supposed to be there. Not to mention the IQ that you've seen him display in interviews when they asked him what went wrong, and he was able to break it down nine plays to the end of the game of what took place on each play, each possession, each pass, to go ahead and detail exactly what took place. Could you say that he's the best IQ ever? Possibly. Could you say that he is the most coach-ready player to ever play the game? Definitely. But the thing that still remains is everybody's talking about who is the best player to ever play the game. And could it be LeBron James? Now, Isaiah Thomas, you know, former Detroit Piston, and arguably one of the best point guards to ever play, I say arguably because if anybody tries to argue with me, I will argue with you on that point. Isaiah Thomas is one of the elite point guards in the game, or was one of the elite point guards in the game, and, and I still think that what he has done on one ankle is better than what Montu. So we're not going to go ahead and discuss that, but he has actually had the experience of playing against uh, Michael Jordan. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that there's some, a lot of people will say that there's a lot of hate that comes from Isaiah Thomas about Michael Jordan in itself. And that's probably the reason why he's making these statements. But really, let's go ahead and take a look. The last dance illustrated a lot of key points that was kind of iffy to me. Not taking anything away from Michael Jordan. I'm telling you, he was one of my heroes growing up. He was one of the people that I hate, that I love to hate the most. I grew up a Knicks fan. That is the only reason why. Between him and Reggie Miller, I didn't know who I hated more. But I respected both their games. So I'm not saying anything bad against Michael Jordan. But what I am saying is LeBron James, you have to admit that what he has done throughout his career has not been – has not actually been mirrored by anybody else. Of course, he didn't win six straight like Michael Jordan did. You know, he went there six times, won it six times. But also, he didn't have to carry, Michael Jordan didn't have to carry the weight that LeBron James had to carry. When you sit there and think about it, LeBron, LeBron James had to come out and perform day one. His first game, if that game was a flop, if he had scored even 15 points in that first game, they would have turned around and said that he was nothing. That He was nothing that he said he was. He is not the chosen one. And that was all from his first game. Remember, Michael Jordan detailed it in the last dance. He went seven years in the league. Seven years in the league without lifting weights. LeBron James didn't have that option. Every year, a critic would tell him what he's doing wrong. They would speak about it for hours in length. These talking heads, just like myself, we would sit there and talk about what he's doing wrong, and then he'll come back the following season and correct it he was always improving. There was never a pass. There was never saying, hey, you know what? LeBron, we understand you're just a kid. There was never that. So, in my eyes, I think that he's done everything up until this point to prove that if he is not the greatest player to ever play the game, he has the greatest IQ of every player who ever had, who's ever laced him up. That's just my opinion. Now, with that said, that leads me into our thought process going forward. Now, is this championship going to be the defining moment of the kingdom? Is the Kings court going to change due to this championship? Let me go ahead and break it down. Just in case anybody wasn't watching, game five of the Lakers versus Heats was an instant classic. And I tell you an instant classic because there was actually six lead changes in the last few minutes. It went back and forth. They fought that game. That game was a truly great fought game. Here's here's a couple takeaways that I had from that game. Takeaway number one, you cannot leave Duncan Robinson open. I know that he has not been doing great during the season, during this um, series in itself, but you cannot leave Duncan Robinson open. He is a shooter. Shooters are known to get hot. Once they get hot, you can't cool them off. So, you got to keep a hand in his face, keep a man at him, run them off for the three-point line, get him out of his rhythm. This way, he can't get hot. That's, that's going to be the key. Second of all, this was the most important part. I know that there was a lot of mistakes that took place during the game. There was a lot of errors that took place on both sides of the ball and for both teams. Not to mention there was a lot of missed calls that took place with the referees. Referees are humans. Just like there was a lot of miscues with the Lakers, there was also going to be a lot of uh, missteps with referees and there's going to be mistakes made by the Heat as well. But the thing is, how do you capitalize off of those mistakes and how do you minimize those mistakes? Now, the Heat did a very good job of capitalizing off of the mistakes that were made down the stretch. One of the key mistakes, first off, may I say this, Danny Green, 20, at 29% during this, you were an absolute threat in San Antonio. You were an absolute threat in Toronto right now you're not a threat. You're a liability in this game. And the reason being, that shot that you had was wide open. Closest player to you was seven feet away. This was no more than a basic, um, what's the best word for it? A practice shot. It was a practice warm-up shot. All you had to do was flick the wrist and watch it go through and work its magic. But we didn't. We didn't. It didn't, you didn't, I, I see that the knees weren't bent. It was like the shot was rushed after somebody was coming down on you. See, now these mistakes, it compounded. After the rebound was caught by Marquise Morris, it was a turnover, it throws it away, game is done. And, of course, the Heat came out the victor. Now, I'm not saying that it was just due to the Lakers' uh, inability to close it out that made the Heat win. No. There was a lot of other things down the stretch. Let me go ahead and tell you, the phenomenal effort that was done by uh, Jimmy Butler, that's what made, that's one of the key things that I feel the course of this game. Because Jimmy Butler in himself, or aka Jimmy Buckets, was going at people. I'm talking, he dropped 35 points. He had 11 assists, as well as he had 12 rebounds, a triple, double in a game of this nature. And he played everything. He gave his all. And he had to. He actually had to. LeBron James dropped 40 points in that game. He had 13 rebounds in that game. He had seven assists. He was moving the ball. But his key target that he could move to was injured. So what's going to happen with Anthony Davis' hurt foot going forward to Game 6? And if Game 6 is lost... If this series is lost, if the Heat comes back from a three-one deficit to beat the Los Angeles Lakers in this series, that goes back to that first question that was asked: Is LeBron James the greatest ever? Is this loss in this Finals could this be the thing that either makes or breaks his legacy? Now we all want to see that those yellow, and, you know, the yellow and gold—I mean, the gold and purple—dripping down with confetti from the ceiling to watch it going on in the bubble, to see them come out of the bubble and do like a beautiful virtual parade or however they plan to go ahead and do it because I know that we're still in the middle of a pandemic and we're not going to be able to have 3 million people out there watching our, you know, celebrated Lakers win and and do a parade. We cannot do that. But we can't rush to that either. We all want to see it, but we can't rush to it. Because right now, the Heat is nipping at their heels. There's a lot of people thinking to themselves, man, the Heat is ready. The Heat is thinking it to themselves. They've beaten everybody. They've ran through Giannis. And yes, if they take down the MVP, what makes you think they're not coming for the King? These are the things that we got to worry about. And what is the legacy of the King if Jimmy Buckets is able to reign in his court? These are the questions that concern me the most. And we're going to be right back with more ball court. Answer some of these questions for you. Stick with me right here on ball (music) court.
1: Oh, my love, I heard a kiss from you.
0: Yes, welcome back to ball court. Welcome back to the world of basketball. And welcome back to the conversation that we're having. Let me go ahead and tell you. Right now, everybody in L.A. right now is sitting around thinking to themselves, hey, I want them Lakers to just win and come home. I think there's only one person in L.A. that's thinking that's not the case. And I think that is Bronny James. See, this goes ahead. I wanted to talk about this real quick. If if anybody's been watching the internet and seeing what's taking place, a couple weeks ago, Bronny James actually it slipped that he had and he had ended up posted to one of his snaps him smoking a marijuana cigar. Yes, and it took it took the world by storm. It was going all over the internet, popping all over the internet. But we all know that due to the bubble and the way that the bubble works, that he uh, that LeBron is unable to leave the bubble. Bronny has been safe, so. Every game that Jimmy Buckets decides to keep on prolonging this, this is a prolonged punishment. So Bronny James is probably still wearing a Miami Heat jersey right now at home with his fingers crossed, hoping that something takes place. It's not going to a Game 7. I am sorry, Bronny. Your daddy's going to be home on Sunday, and you're going to have to deal with those consequences. I'm going to go ahead and jump on to the next segment because I want to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. See, if anybody's been a fan of the show and been watching the show and listening to the show, you all know that we do have certain segments that repeat itself. It comes up every time something does happen that pulls on our heartstrings and make us want to check out these segments even more. And this one, this time, just got me right here. I'm talking, it got me all in the feels. I was really absolutely in tears. Now, this is a two-part story. Two-part story about this one. Now, this segment is called Goat Moves. Yes, let me go ahead and explain how the Goat Move segment works. Now, the Goat Move segment, we discussed somebody in the NBA or in basketball on a whole who's making a move off of the court that is changing the life of others. Now, we heard about LeBron James, you know, helping out the firefighters during uh, the wildfires in L.A., and that was a great Goat move in itself, not to mention all the philanthropy that LeBron has done. But I must give a shout-out to the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, um, Mark Cuban. See, a lot of people think that once you get a contract with an NBA team, you're just playing there until your time is done. Sometimes that is the case. You You move on, you get traded, you get cut. Things change. But sometimes, in those rare instances, when you sign that contract, you don't sign that contract just to be a part of the team just to be a part of the organization. You sign that contract to be a part of the family. And in a fashion that any true patriarch of a family would do, Mark Cuban saw that Delonte West, and we all heard the sad news about Delonte West being the fact that now uh, due to mental illness, he was homeless, he was on drugs, he was, you know, he was on the streets begging in Dallas, and nobody was there to help you know, but there was somebody there to help him. His name was Mark Cuban. He went down and he got Delonte West, took him by the hand, said, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna work on this together, as a family, like the Mavericks family." Now, he got Delonte West some um, well-needed care, and he actually went out and said, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna get him into rehab. We're gonna do those things. That's gonna make sure Delonte is ready." And he posted a he posted a picture a few days ago, and just seeing that picture, it literally made me want literally made me want to cry. It was one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen. I cannot believe that it did not load. This picture is the greatest picture, right here. I want you to take a look at this. This is Delonte West on horseback, you know, riding. Now, not to say that he's out of the woods yet, you know, but you can. Clearly see he's doing better. He's making it there, he's making the steps. And Delante, if you are listening, and I hope that you are, I want to let you know all of us here at Ball Court at CWN Sports, at Let's Kick It Team, all of us here is rooting for you. We all we want is your success and your happiness. We want it to, we want you to be part of that story when you come back. This is gonna be the greatest story, greatest comeback story I've ever seen. And trust me. I sat there and watched Cleveland come back 3-1 against the Warriors. And hearing, hearing what I'm seeing again, with Delonte West, this is a true comeback story. I, I, I must say, see, what makes this such a big moment in what you're seeing right here is in the stories that we've had about NBA uh, owners it, it, it hurts because there's, a not, there's not a lot that goes on that you can see as a, as a sign of giving back, you know? Well, a few years ago, Steve Ballmer was able to take over the uh, Clippers due to Donald Sterling's way of saying that he was above everything else. He, and he wasn't able to see past his bigoted ways to know that there was change coming in the NBA. But there were, there were some owners that was amongst that change. There were some owners that was looking to go ahead and go the route. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I am a Dallas Mavericks fan. I'm not saying that I would, that I would build a bronze statue for Mark Cuban today. But what I am saying, every time I see that Dallas Mavericks jersey playing against my Lakers or playing against anybody else, I'm going to have a little bit more respect for that. I'm going to take a little bit more pride, clap a little bit louder, argue a little bit less on missed calls. And it's going to be easy because Luka's going to be playing, so that makes it a lot easier for that to happen. But still, hands down, I've got to go ahead and get my hats off to Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks organization. When Wes was down, they stuck their hand out and they brought him back up. And that, my friends, is a GOAT move. All right, so let's go ahead and jump on to the next topic. This next topic that I definitely want to go ahead and talk about. This topic here is going to be about the, um, pretty much, this is going to be a word from your coach. This word from your coach here that we're going to talk about is talking about who's the greatest, who's the best, and who would always be there. Right. We always talk about, you know, LeBron James as one of the best. We always talk about that he is one of the greats. We forget that he is from a long line of greats. He's from he's from the the ones that came before him. And I'm not talking just the Michael Jordans, but the Teresa Weatherspoons. The ones that add on their shoulders to be that the Bill Russells, you know, the the Magic Johnsons, all of those players that continue to push. And when we stand in the midst of the final parts of this NBA season, we've got to think about how it wraps up, how it comes to a close. One of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA passed away at the beginning of this year. It started 2020 off in a way that we couldn't even understand. One of the greatest commissioners of the NBA to to move it forward, to progress it forward, to actually encompass the WNBA and bring about the women's game, passed away. A champion of the women's game passed away in Kobe. With David Stern, That was a, he was a leader. One of the forefronts of NBA basketball. That's how our year started. Basketball took a pause as the nation took a pause, as the world took a pause, as everything came on hold when COVID-19 struck. We sat there fearful of what tomorrow would bring. Fearful that we would never see basketball this year again. We would never, we don't know what. What this pandemic will do for our families, we don't know. What the uh, up, what this this political climate will be doing, we wouldn't. We didn't even know what the environment in which we live in will be taking place. And now we stand on the precipice of the end of the season, the NBA season. Somebody will be crowned a champion. Somebody will get to hold that Larry O'Brien Trophy over their head. Tears will fall, champagne will be spilled, confetti will fall from the sky. And when it does, we're all going to remember. We're going to remember what 2020 was, what 2020 is, what 2020 will always be. Never will we ever mark this championship with an asterisk. There was too many people who came before to make this special. If Kobe wasn't Kobe, if Kobe didn't do the great things he did and gave his blood, sweat and tears to an organization for 20 years, would those bomber jerseys mean as much? Would this win mean as much? If Michael Jordan did not play as Michael Jordan, would there have been a Kobe? If Kobe did not play as Kobe, would there have been a LeBron? We can't just easily pack everything away in a box and say that this person's gonna be the best player, this person's the best ever, this is the best of the era. We can't easily go ahead and state it that way. But I can tell you something. LeBron has opened the door for the next argument. For the next conversation. So when in time, it probably won't be my lifetime, because I know that I know how us true people who grew up with Jordan was. I know how the, my peers are. I know how a lot of my friends and family is. It's not gonna be there in this lifetime, but there's gonna be in probably later on, probably after I'm long gone. And you listening to these words over and over, you're gonna realize. LeBron James was a great player, but the next is going to be even better. And the argument is going to always continue. It will always go on. But I can guarantee you one thing. The way that next one made you feel is the exact way LeBron makes us feel today. And that's a word from your coach. I want to thank each and every person for being with me right here on Ball Court. You know, I like to bring you the good. I like to bring you those vibes. And I'm glad that you was able to stick around with me. Hey, I w- if, I'm glad that you was listening to this. I hope that you check me out on the Sean Harvey Morning Show. And always check me out when I'm on there. The only way that you're going to find out is you got to listen. Wake up in the morning with those guys. they out there. They're having a great time. Also, man, you saw the last episode. I was here with my man Malik. He's doing his thing over there at the Blitz. Check him out, Malik Span, right there with the Blitz. That man, that magazine, they'll give you the truth. He's going to give you the rough. He's going to give you the raw. And I, we have some big things coming down the pipeline for season two. So stick with us at CWN Sports. Between me and you, Fusion Sports is coming back. Right here on CWN Sports. I'm Glamis this code, Drew. This has been ball court, the world of basketball. It's been an absolute pleasure. I will see you next time right here on BallCard.
2: Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies, providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical, legal, education, funeral expenses, and more. We also provide 100% financing on fix and flips if you can qualify. We do not offer credit cards or lines of credit, which can later be revoked. Our loans are funded solely in cash to our borrowers in five to seven days. There are no prepayment penalties and no collateral requirement. Leverage our expertise to obtain fast approvals. No upfront costs, and affordable payments with cash going straight to your checking. So, what are you waiting for? Let Cash to Checking make that next deposit to help with your funding needs. Visit us online at cashtochecking.com or call 310 987 0824 to start your funding today.